Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Running solo today, so uh, you guys are stuck with me. But today's show is uh, a pretty pretty awesome one. Really excited about this one kind of kicking off the, the season. I know we've been running for a few weeks now, but this is our first Tales of the Chase episode. Uh, so today we have our, our friend Tyler Jarvis on to talk about the story of a buck he nicknamed Cotton Eye Joe. It's an awesome story. Tyler does a great job uh, kind of going through the the years he had uh, experience with this deer and just some really cool stuff that happened to him the day he uh, was able to, to kill this awesome deer. So um, hope you enjoy that one. Before we get into it, I want to mention our giveaway again. Uh, we are giving away some awesome hawk um, hunting equipment. We're giving away a hawk tree stand, hawk helium sticks, uh, hawk harness, and a hawk um, mega extendable tree arm. To enter, all you got to do is go to our Facebook or Instagram page. We've got a uh, post for on both of those platforms for the giveaway, and it's it's really easy to to uh, to uh, enter yourself into it. All you got to do is like us on either Facebook or Instagram, like the post on either platform, not both, just either one of them, tag a friend. And then what you're going to do is we have a contest going in that same post. There's a photo of an awesome deer that my brother-in-law Russell uh, harvested a few years ago, Nick nicknamed river monster. You're going to guess that deer's gross score. And I scored that deer in-house, and on October 1st, we are going to uh, let everybody know what that score is, and whoever's closest to this deer's score without going over is the winner, and you will win all four of those items, um, worth about $500 worth of stuff from Hawk, and we're excited to, uh, to, to give that to you guys. We had a really generous um, listener partner with us on that. So once again, thank you very much, Sean. Uh, Couldn't have done it without you. And um, one last thing before we get into today's show, we've got a sponsor for today's show. It is Cuddyback Digital. Check them out at cuddybackdigital.com. You can use the the code MOWW21 for 10% off your order. Um, You probably should get on it pretty quick if you're planning on using some trail cams this year. But um, check them out. Cutty Back Digital, Cutty Link System is pretty awesome. Been using it this entire year and have been real happy with it. So check them out. 
Today's show is decently long, so we're going to get right into it. Hope you all enjoy our Tales of the Chase episode with our friend Tyler Jarvis. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with me today is Tyler Jarvis. Tyler, what's going on, bud? Not much, man. Thanks for having me. Sorry you're stuck with me by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was kind of hoping to see Andy here, but yeah, get to catch up. But He's uh, stuck out in a, well, either a grain cart or a semi or a combine right now. We have no idea. Yeah. I know they're not having a good day. So uh, he was supposed to be here tonight and uh, having farming issues, and then Mike is not feeling great. So he's not here. So you're stuck by yourself with me. So. Yeah, I figured he uh, – Thought we might talk about how we used to beat up on Higginsville back in the day. But. Oh, yeah. He, he said that before. He's like, yeah, Tyler Tyler beat me in sports and stuff. And, yeah. No, nah, they uh, <laughs> they hung with us in baseball. I'll give them that. But. Well, they had this six-foot-six left-handed pitcher, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. He uh, threw some weird, weird slidey stuff. But. <laughs> That's awesome. No. Well, uh, before we get into today's episode, into to today's episode, which is a Tales of the Chase, um, really, your episode is going to be uh, kicking off deer season for me. Yeah. You know, we I I like to have a nice story up front. Probably going to try to get a couple of them in actually uh, to kick off deer season, get people pumped up. I know it's already started, yeah, but um, you know, I usually don't get going before October. Although I did hunt tonight for different reasons, but we uh, we like getting kind of excited, getting the listeners excited. So. Tyler's got, you know, a lot of pressure on him because he's the first Tales of the Chase episode this this, <laughs> this year, or this deer season. So today's episode, we're going to talk about a uh, buck nicknamed Cotton Eye Joe. But before we do, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where you're from, and since you were born and raised here in Missouri, what is your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors? Yeah, so uh, Tyler Jarvis, uh, yeah, I grew up here in Odessa, Missouri, and um. You know, when it comes to Missouri outdoors, I would say my most favorite thing is the three The three main things I like to hunt the most are waterfowl, turkey, and white-tailed deer. And in the state of Missouri, all three of those things, you have, you know, high-quality numbers of those, you know, species. And, you know, Missouri, it may not be the, the top state when it comes to white-tails, but I think it's definitely – Definitely it's a up sleeper. there in the top three. Yeah, yeah it's a, a sleeper. sleeper. Yep. I remember I used to read magazines back when magazines were a thing. And, uh, you know, they do the top ten whitetail states. And Missouri always ranked well. Yeah. Um, never number one, never number ten. You know, it was always in the top ten. Um, but, yeah, people, you don't. when people talk about destination whitetail states, they mention Iowa, Kansas, um, you know, Ohio is starting to be mentioned like that too, Kentucky. Um, so a lot of times they leave Missouri off. I don't know why, cause we got some freak deer. Um, I don't know if it's because we have our, so many hunters kind of like Minnesota does when the rifle season hits Yeah. or what, but yeah, you're right. We're a sleeper state. Yeah. I think that's definitely, you, I think you hit it on the nail there with, uh, rifle hunters, you know, them other big time states, you know, they're all shotgun. So, yeah. And it's not during the rut either. Exactly. I mean, that that does hurt us as far as you know. Now it helps as far as hunter recruitment. And we you know more people hunt because 
you got a better chance of killing a deer during the rut. Um, yep. It hurts from a, you know, quality of deer standpoint just because more good deer get killed when they're stupid. Yep. And uh, that's for sure. But, um, you know, who knows? But, you know, and you said you like hunting waterfowl quite a bit too. Yeah. I uh, I got into it with uh, a buddy. He'd been doing it since he was a kid. And <clears throat> he got me to go uh, duck hunting back when I think I was – 16 17 almost out of high school and man i had a blast until the last goose hunt i went on it was about three degrees outside <laughs> and it took about two hours until i couldn't find uh feel my toes anymore and uh i was like you know what this it just isn't for me you know yeah and i went a long time uh without without going um regularly you know i'd go once or twice here and there and last year I, I just had an itch to go again and he, uh, he hooked me up and we went on a couple hunts around Christmas and in two hunts, I killed two bands and nice. It, yeah. It hooked me again and I can't wait till, you know, after deer season, January comes around and go lay the smack down on some honkers. I haven't really ever done it. I don't, I don't know that I've ever goose hunted to be honest with you. I, I've, I've, um, duck hunted before, but I remember one time I went with my brother-in-law and it was colder than hell and my feet were wet from my waders probably sucking. And I'm like, what fun? This is not fun. I'm sitting here breaking ice so I can see some damn bird. But then, you know, you would have the bird all of a sudden, you know, show up like that. And you're like, okay, I can see how this is fun. But it's one of them deals where, you know, if I, if I really like it, then I start spending money at it and my wife might, might hurt me. But it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just like any other hobby a man enjoys to do. It's more than likely going to be expensive. Oh yeah. There's, know, there's so. no, there's no such thing as a cheap hobby. No. <laughs> but I, I remember uh, my buddy and I think we might be talking about the same guy, my buddy, Eric Ellenson. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. I hunted with him. Yeah. He, he, I think he told me that and he's like, I'm going to get you to go with me this, this next year. I'm like, Hey, I'll go with you. And he showed me a picture of a spread one time. Oh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how much money is sitting out there in that field of decoys? He goes, you don't want to know. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. But I I did promise him I would go uh, sometime, but I guess, you know, could have some fun with it. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a great guy. I met him, I met him last year for the first time and I think we went on, yeah, two or three hunts together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, His daughter and my daughter play, have been playing ball together for years and we've become friends over the years, you know, mostly because of that and then just moved on from there. So, um, Anyway, all right, well, let's talk about some deer now. That's what we're here to talk yeah. about. So this this deer right here that you brought with you, so I'm looking at him right now, and uh, he's a badass deer. Um, we're going to talk about Cotton Eye Joe. First off, where did where'd the name come from? So uh, my younger brother, Grady, actually came up with the name um, after after about two years of getting pictures of him and, <clears throat> you know, we couldn't. I could never see him on the hoof. Couldn't figure out where, you know, what his patterns were. And every year come August, we'd start getting pictures of him again. And, you know, it always gets you excited. And can't wait till October, November to come around. And all of a sudden he would just disappear. And we wouldn't get any more pictures of him. And every now and then we'd get one picture of him right around the first November. Mm-hmm. But, you know, never daylight. So when I found out, when we got pictures of him in 18, I, uh, 
you know, I could tell that we weren't just chasing after, you know, some deer that we would shoot. You know, we're we're talking about the biggest buck that we've ever seen on our mm-hmm. property in the 20, 25 years that me and my brothers have, you know, been old enough to hunt. And I said, I've got to come up with a name, which I always like to name deer, you know, worthy. So let's stop right there. I am also a fan of nicknaming deer. I don't know if you ever listen to our show really, but Micah thinks it's stupid. Really? He'll, he'll argue with me all day long. It's dumb nicknaming deer, and I love it. No, you yeah, know? I'm the same way. And uh, deer that are worthy, right? You don't nickname every deer. Yeah. But um, deer that, you know, you would shoot probably. On your head Or list. one that you know that, oh, that, that might be a good deer next year, so he's going to get a name. And Yeah. Uh, my problem is I don't have any uh, creativity, right? So I had yeah. to just, like, start na- nicknaming deer actually uh, off of – you ever remember the game growing up, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, I never played it though. Okay, yeah. so I I played it when I was a kid. I'm probably a little older than you, and so I started nicknaming all my deer after Mortal Kombat characters because <laughs> I couldn't. You know, I I think that deer right there, the one we were talking about before, he actually I, I nicknamed him Basket Case for obvious reasons, right? That was easy. Yeah. But the rest of these deer, I didn't know how to name them, so they just got like Mortal Kombat na- names. Um, same thing with the one that'll be here in a week. He's a Mortal Kombat character, so. I always like to know where the name came from because that's a pretty good name. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, obviously the deer, he's got to be, like I said, worthy. Um, he's either got to have some kind of character to him, you know, something that stands out to where, you know, if you're sitting in the stand and you see him walking up, you're like, you know, hey, there's Curly, there's Mo, whatever. Yeah. So we're sitting there one day, I think it was actually during the Chiefs game, and – I think, man, I, I need to come up with a picture of this deer. And just had a snap of a finger. I don't know if he'd been thinking about it or not. He's, He said, uh, what about Cotton Eye Joe? And I was like, Cotton Eye Joe? I said, where did you come up with that? He's like, where did you come from? Where did you Ask go? Right and I was like, dude, that's perfect. I was like, because he's here and then he's then not. He's gone. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know where he goes and – we don't know where he goes for the rest of the main of the season. So I was like, that's perfect, dude. So that's awesome for a entire year. And actually about a year and a half, he was, uh, he was cotton eye Joe. Nice. So, uh, so, okay, let's start the story from the very beginning. What year did you first notice him? And I guess you'd say hunted him. Yeah. So, uh, I would say 17 was the first year that I got a picture um, of this eight point, and you know, at the time, I'm he's probably one, one twenty five, one thirty, which is a good deer, from, mm-hmm. you know, especially for an eight point. Yeah, and so I'm I'm keeping an eye on him. I had another deer that was maybe about the same size, nothing, nothing, nowhere near like one fifty, one sixty out there. And for the previous probably four or five years, we've been really trying to manage where we hunt out there. You know, really hammer down on, you know, don't just shoot this buck to have, to say you shot a buck that year. Um, I was like, you know, we got a good thing going out here. Uh, the property's great. For some reason, the genetics out there are starting to just come alive. And, you know, the you can see the potential with the bucks. And just talking to my older brothers, and it's like, if we give these deer just a couple years, I'm like, you guys are going to be just elated from what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
you're, you're going to go from seeing a lot of four points, 115, 120-ish bucks to, you know, we may have four or five 150s out here at the same time. So, um, 2017, yeah, comes around, get a few pictures of him. I personally, I don't see the deer. Um, <clears throat> my younger brother says he saw a really good 8.1 night. He said, I couldn't get a shot. And I tried to explain some of the characteristics of him, and, and he couldn't really confirm. It was thick, you know, getting late at night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. Like, t- 2017 was a pretty pretty quiet, boring year um, out there. But 2018 comes around. and I'm, Now, in 17, yeah. if you would have seen him, so, I, okay – you thinking he was a 130 inch or so Roughly, eight pointer yeah. in 17, so you would assume. I don't. Would, yeah, I, I'm just gonna say right off. I'm probably not the best <laughs> score yeah. judger. You know what I mean? I, no uh, one's ever gonna know anyway. Yeah, a lot um, of times if I say he's 140 or 150 or something, he's like 125. <laughs> so, it is what it is. I'm yeah. that way too. So I, I would guess in 17 he was at least three and a half. But if he was 100, and you would almost think he might be four. Um, being you know at least a hundred thirty inch eight pointer, but it's just yeah. hard to say. So let's say he's at least three and a half. That's what I based him in two thousand seventeen. So, do you think in seventeen, with you know what you guys were trying to maybe start doing, if you had a solemn, would he have gotten one or would you have let him walked? I I had it in my mind that I was going to let him walk. Um, I told my older brothers. Now, too. when was the last time before seventeen you had killed a deer? I killed a buck. The year before. Okay, so I guess it wouldn't have been that difficult he for was, you. Uh, yeah, he was a 132. Right. And that was the first buck I had killed in probably five years. So you got it out of your system the year before. Just got it out of my system, yeah. yeah. I couldn't take it no more. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. if you hadn't killed a deer for five years prior to 2017 and this 130, let's say 130, 135-inch eight-pointer walks in front of you. Dark charcoal horns, too. That, ooh. Yeah. That's That's <laughs> difficult. Yeah. to uh let walk mm-hmm. you know especially when it, you know like we talk about we we don't care like you know it's your tag as long as you're doing it legally and ethically you you use it how you want yeah and when the heart gets to pumping it'd be difficult to you know in 2017 to let him walk by if you hadn't maybe have killed one the year before yeah um now luckily it sounds like you didn't get the chance to make that decision might have yeah. been a good thing because you might have been like ah screw it like I, I have been yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. 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 That deer right there was one of those. Oh yeah. He's, Oh, too late. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, all right. So 2017, that's pretty much what happened that year. Yeah. You didn't really see him. Yeah. Born. Um, 2018, I, uh, I normally like to get my cameras out, you know, mid June, early July. Mm-hmm. And just to get some velvet picks, see what's, see what's popping out there. And, it didn't take long. He uh, he was showing up in velvet, and that's when I first found out, you know, just pretty much knew, yeah, like, this is a, a freaking stud. You know, this is by far the biggest deer, and we've had, I think, a 158 and a 167 shot off this same property within from, I think, well, I think the 158 was way back in, like, 2002 or something, but... um. My brother, my younger brother, killed that 168 in mm-hmm. 2013, I believe. But, but yeah, we, uh, I'm like, this is definitely a, a, a freak of nature out here. 
and I started hunting him hard. He's definitely my number one buck that I'm after, and October comes around. I don't like to hunt. I don't, I don't say I don't like to hunt. I normally don't get out in September. I don't know what it is about my skin, but skeeters <laughs> love me, and they just tear me apart. Well, when we were talking before we started recording, your property is a lot like the one I hunt. When they go hard horn, a lot of times they disappear on us. Yeah. You know, Dan Johnson talks about that shift. Like, there's that shift when they go hard horn, and then they just go away. Yeah. And so we're just typically not one of those properties that they go to. They go somewhere else for however long or whatever. Mm-hmm. Truck stop is what I like to call I it. I guess. I don't know where the hell they go. I mean, there's got to be somewhere they're at. So some people are like, why the hell are you not hunting on September 15th? Because they are flush with deer. Well, that's yeah. because all the deer I had are over on you now. So, yeah, you're seeing you know. them. <laughs> now, now I talked about me hunting tonight, and that's because one of the deer I'm after has all of a sudden – He's still there. So I I went after him tonight and and saw dogs instead. But so, you know, you really didn't start going after him until about October then? Yeah, uh, mid-October, I'd say, which is roughly, ironically, is, you know, about a little before I stopped getting pictures of him. So that kind of made me want to go out and just, you know, just see if I can't catch him being stupid or something, you know. And, um. There was at one point, I don't exactly remember the date. I know it was in October. My older brother was out hunting, and he called me about 7.30 at night. He's like, man, there is a giant out there. Mm -hmm. He's like, I couldn't get a shot on him. He was a little too far out of range. And um, I was kind of like, do you have split brow? And he's like, I don't know. I couldn't tell. It was getting kind of dark by the time I got my, you know, binos on him. It was just some, too thick, but he said he was a big he, – he said he was a 10-pointer. So I'm like, well, Which if he's a 10-pointer, is correct, I, I could see him, but, you know, Cotton Eye Joe is a mainframe eight. Right. So I'm thinking, well, maybe – we did have some other decent bucks out there, but they weren't nothing of, you know, mm-hmm. giant status. So that kind of – Got the blood flowing a little bit again. I'm like, okay, well, just because I'm not getting pictures of him, it doesn't mean he's not out there. And I mean, that's a big distinction too, isn't it? I yeah. mean, how how many cameras do you think you run on this property that you hunt? That year, I had five. And so, for the listener, because I kind of forgot this, explain what you're hunting. Uh, give no addresses and anything no. like that, but yeah. you know, explain the kind of the property you hunt and the layout. Yeah. So. um I would say the far the far east side it's it's um fescue clover field. Um it used to be crop. Uh, it's not anymore. He just lets it grow up and he bailed mm-hmm. it for hay. And then you just pretty much have a almost a symmetrical square of just nothing but timber. But it's also surrounded by properties of row crop that I don't have permission to hunt, but I have that timber and it's used for bedding. Mm-hmm. And you know, they like to walk through that just to stay out of the open side. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's worked great for me so far. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of deer back there, but. So you're talking, I mean, you said you had five cameras out there then. Yeah. And let's just say for argument's sake, a few hundred acres. I have no idea. Maybe a hundred acres. Let's yeah, just say for instance. It's more like 
probably I would say seventy five. Okay, let's just like that, let's yeah. say seventy five acres in. Five cameras, seventy five uh-huh. acres. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people think kind of like you and I both do. Well, I don't have him on camera; he's not here. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Also, maybe not. Right. A lot of big deer know that a camera's there, and I swear, well, you know, did you ever you ever listen to Dan Johnson, Nine Finger Chronicles? Uh-uh. He talked about one time he had a, a trail cam at a mineral site that kept getting stolen. So he put another camera there one time, and then, and I might be getting this story a little bit off, but pretty much correct. He put another camera up in a tree about 18 feet looking down to catch the guy that was stealing his camera. And he started getting pictures of a buck that he had never seen before that would come out the trail, never go to the mineral, and walk behind the tree that the camera was on. So not a single photo on that camera that he was had on that mineral. Huh. He started getting the pictures when he had that tree, that camera up in the tree looking down at the one that he was, you know, trying to see if it was uh, who was stealing it. Yeah. And it, it, you know, made him think, and he, he talks about this, we rely so much on our trail cameras to tell us what's going on, but you really think about what it's looking at, right? You know, a 10-foot wide swath by 60 feet or however long it can make it out. Yeah. That's just a small snapshot of the property. So, you know, you're hunting 75 acres, like you were saying. You got five different snapshots. They may catch him, and he, he may be on them or he may be one of those deer that you know a lot especially a, a, a mature buck oh, how do i say this you know how you ever, you ever notice how you got these beat down cattle paths that it seems like deer are just walking all the time yeah you ever notice whenever right before you shoot a big buck or when you see a big buck moving is he ever on those yeah i mean seems like to me they're almost never on them <clears throat> maybe for a second and they get off of it yeah. and it's almost like they know well, this is what everybody else does, and they die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just odd. So, you know, you you saying, "Hey, I'm going to go hunt just because he's not on camera," doesn't mean he's not there. Is a good move, in my opinion, because you never know. Yeah, um, yeah. If yeah, man, it, it would have been something if I would have had more encounters of him, just to kind of know his behavior and how he reacted. But mm-hmm. you know, that just wasn't the case. But he uh plus you can't kill him on the couch anyway exactly and that's you know that's one thing i've i kind of pride myself on is i i put in the tree time so if i don't kill a deer it ain't because i'm not out there right it's it's just because you know the stars didn't line up or whatever but um yeah uh october 2000 is that where we were at yeah october 2018 yeah. yeah so i'm out there about every weekend much as i can and there was one night, roughly right around Halloweenish, maybe. I'm walking out of the timber, just after sitting there hunting, and I walk out, and I always, I always keep an arrow knocked when I walk out, and only when there's enough light. Especially when you're hunting in the timber, when I'm walking in the you timber, get out yeah. to the field edge. There's still plenty the timber, of dark. Yeah. yeah. So. Every now and then, I don't know if it's a gut feeling or what it is, but sometimes I might get down about 15 minutes earlier than I normally would. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking out, and before I get about 10 yards from the edge of timber, I can see some deer out in this uh, pasture. And I'm 
pull up the binos and I'm looking. And as soon as I get this deer in my binos, same thing like you were talking about that happened to you today. I hear barking. Mm. And he looks up and all I saw was a a rack. And um, they take off, you know, in the dust, gone. I never could get a, you know, confirmed if it was him or not, but. So then I started hunting dogs. <laughs> Especially we're not serious like people. We're night. not. We're not serious. <laughs> no. And uh, so yeah, that was 2018. I think that would be the only encounter if that was him. Right. But like I said, I couldn't tell. I all I saw was just a a a boatload of horns. Yeah. yeah. So the I mean even during the rut, 2018, um, saw a lot of action, a lot of new bucks, but never him and so then um you know um, you're always got you got that feeling that you know did somebody else get a shot you know yeah. how far is he venturing away from you know where i'm at and all that good stuff so i'm kind of kind of not trying to think about it and 2019 comes around and spring we always like to go shed hunting we probably don't shed hunt as much as we should but you don't have the luck. It's kind of hard to get out there and right. go look. So, my younger brother goes out in, I think it was March or late March, early April, and he sends me this Snapchat of this horn on his tailgate. Just Along, like a, a single horn? Yeah. Okay. It would be his right side. Along with another shed. And the other shed could fit inside the of this other shed. And I'm like, dude, that is Cotton Eye Joe. And, and so he found his right side? He found his right side. And when did he find it? In March, almost April? So right after right after of 2018 season, that was when I kind of told you before, um, I knew I had to go try to get permission on surrounding properties. Because this deer, he's he's hanging out over here on, you know, summer days, maybe even late winter, you know, springtime, summer. But for some reason, when the leaves start to fall, he goes somewhere else. And I, I just, with, with as much time as I hunted out there and the cameras and I just the lack of pictures and I had throughout the fall, I knew he was going somewhere else. And spending the majority of the rut there. And then, you know, if he had time, he would maybe show back up. But there was one time in 18, I had pictures of him on November 1st. And that was the last time I had pictures of him mm. until until the next year. So, my mom goes, um, at my mom's house, she goes to this church. And the neighbor, she they go to the same church. And I said, you know, ask him if... If anybody's hunting back there, for one, if he says no, ask him if it would be all right if, you know, if he would let us. And long story short, comes back. We get permission. So um, when my younger brother goes out, I didn't go out that day, but he's like, I think I'm going to go over to the south side on that new property. I said, okay, yeah, cool. I was, you know, I was kind of wanting to go over there myself, so mm-hmm. just check it out. So <laughs> he he ends up finding that thing, and 
a big pile of thorn bushes. Hmm. What? I don't know. I We've had success in thorn bushes before, and it which is crazy because I don't know why a deer would want to walk through there, but apparently those big ones like to hide in thorn bushes. Somebody told me once, if you're a big, mature deer, um, you go where nobody wants to go, and that yeah. is nobody. Not even a human. Like, yeah. humans won't even, you know, venture in there, so you know you're good. I yeah. mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And it, it was a it was a huge pile. I, I mean, it was probably 25 feet diameter, just a big Jeez. circle of thorn bushes, you know, four feet tall. So what made him walk through there, I, to this day, I still don't know. But that's where he found it. And I went to his house, and I grabbed this horn, and I'm like, man, like we 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 don't have deer like this around here. Like I don't under, I don't understand where he's came from, you know, and just how big he got over that year. Yeah. You know, from 17 to 18. It's amazing to me how good a shade I'm look so for the listener, I'm looking at the sheds from 2018 of Cotton Eye Joe and the one that his brother found is in immaculate condition. So Perfect. like that deer either held it for a long time or you got really lucky that no mice or squirrels ate, ate it yeah. up because it, I mean, it's, it looks it's like perfect. it hasn't been touched. No. Yeah. And, um, so I would assume he probably held it for a while, which, you know, yeah. for a guy that's wanting to hunt him or, you know, was hunting him probably makes you <laughs> a little sick to your stomach. Cause you're like, just drop your damn horns already. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're still alive. Yeah. Well, well, and you know, nobody else will be tempted to do something to you, you know, cause they yeah. just see a deer without antlers. Yeah. So, yeah, at that moment, you know, I knew he was still alive. But it also excited me because I'm like, okay, this is the first time in what we think is four and a half, maybe five and a half years that we have have found his sheds. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, he's he's spending his time over here now. So this is must be, you know, his stomping grounds, you know, sort of saying. So – Postseason comes around, I get out, and I've got some cameras back there. Um, don't get any pictures of him back there. <laughs> That's got to be a kick. But I get pictures of him in the where I got pictures of him from the previous two years, mm-hmm. which is about three-quarters of a mile north. And so it it just it throws me for a damn loop because I'm like, okay, so summer he's, he's over here, but in the fall and winter it sounds like he's going south. So I try to plan it that way, you know, early season, I try to hunt him on the north end of the property. Later season, I'm going to plan on, Moving you know, south. putting on the south side on this new property. So I get it. I, uh, it's, it's a little bit different setup from the north side. It's a very narrow kind of draw. It's probably less than 8,500 yards wide. And it probably it's probably a quarter mile long, but crop fields on both sides, little creek running through it, just I mean a ton of bedding. If you can sneak in there without jumping anything up, um, it's it's just a great place. So I go in there and I set up um, I set up a ground blind first, and there's I'm just we you know, I, I remember I think back I'm like okay just for some reason he found that shed in that thorn bush. I'm going to try to set up in the kind of in a place where there's a big trail that's matted down, but yet 
you know, somewhere where it's thick. You know, maybe somehow I can sneak in there mm-hmm. without waking him up. I mean, you know, what I know a lot of people don't like to hunt in bedding, but for me, you know, that's what I did, and it worked out. Well, if you – and if you're hunting outside of bedding, when when you get in there when they're not there – yeah. So you catch them coming back to bed of a, you know, even of an evening sometimes or in the morning. I yeah. mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to hunt bedding, you know, because. Well, it's, when I say that, I'm talking, I am in his bed. Oh, you're in, yeah. I mean. I'm in his still bed. still the same thing. You get there when he's not there. Yeah. No, yeah. You, just, yeah. you know, you're just taking that chance. And a lot of people, like, I've, I've screwed up many a times. You're taking the chance when you're walking in. Mm-hmm. they're there and of course then you bump them but then you can play the whole bump and dump game you never know hey <laughs> so yeah i'm not going to venture too far off here but <laughs> that same year my brother is having this <laughs> he he doesn't know what it is he walks in it's early morning so it's dark mm-hmm. and he's walking through the timber and he just hears this mean growl like it's he's like tyler i can't describe what it sounds like and I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about, man? Like, is it a coyote? He's like, no. Like, it's not a coyote. I'm like, well, is it a bobcat? You know, which we and we have seen bobcats out there sure. before, but it was <laughs> probably a week, maybe a week or two before the end of the story with him. I was walking in, and I took three steps into that timber, and I heard the meanest scariest growl that i've ever heard hmm. and i'm like what the hell is that <laughs> so i stop i shut my lamp off it stops growling i take one step it starts growling again so i'm like okay this thing has eyes on me like it knows where i'm at but i don't know where it's at did nor your, do i know what it is did your leg get warm really quick <laughs> <laughs> i know mine would have no but uh <laughs> My heart started pounding like it's never had before, and and from then on, I keep a headlamp on. I, I, yeah, don't, I don't care. I've walked in the timber with a headlamp on, and I've looked up, and I've seen deer. Right. I, you know, I've seen like six sets of eyes. Yep. And I just keep. I just look back down at the ground, and I get to my stand, and I look back over, and they're still standing there. Yeah. So that, I don't once think that they, happened, they don't, they don't know what you are. I don't think exactly. You know. And once the, once I figured that out, I'm like, I will never walk in the timber without a light on ever again i'm telling you there's nothing there's no judgment from me i'm gonna tell you that because i'm a sissy dude and i'll tell you one story get off the subject we'll get back to this awesome deer in a second i was hunting this probably four or five years ago now and the property i was hunting there it's probably a good 600 yards from where i was hunting to my truck yeah that's a haul and and i was hunting uh pretty much a field edge so i was hunting till dark and I get down, and I'm basically hunting on a, a creek and basically a pinch point. And I get down, and I start just start walking, and I start hearing this blood-curdling scream right on the other side of the creek from me, property I don't hunt. And it just keeps going, and it almost, it almost sounds like a human at some – you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know it's not a human, but it's just – and, you know, the hair on my neck starts to – stand up a little bit and yeah. i i didn't have my my sidearm on me at the time i just had my bow and i'm just like holy shit i'm scared so i've never walked so fast and kept looking back behind me 
all yeah. the way back to my truck. And my, I swear I damn near ran. Yeah. And I'm just, I get back to my truck. I'm like, you are a baby, dude. Like, <laughs> all, all that was was probably a bobcat. But what's the one thing you go back to in our state when you hear about those growls or that scream I just talked about? What, what does my mind do? You know mountain lions are here. Yeah. That's what I do. And I'm just, I start freaking out. Oh, my God, it's a mountain lion. I'm going to get eight. <laughs> There's been sightings, you know. Yeah. Not too far from where we're sitting right now. Exactly. So I'm just like, and that's another line. that's another thing I said too. I'm like, well, surely it's not a mountain lion because you know it's been several, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years since you know they knew there was one around this area. But that's what I was told. I was told it was a, a bobcat guarding his den. Probably, yeah. I mean, it you know, or sounds even a fox, worse, or maybe whatever. I don't know, but anyway, when, you, when it's dark and you can't see it, it sounds a lot worse than it might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. Yeah. But no, yeah, that thing, it pretty much growled at me because I walked a big circle mm-hmm. around it and it growled the entire time hmm. until I got past it and then it quit. So it was right there where you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably walked right on it, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm in this thick bedding area. I set a, a blind up and I put it up right next to a fence. You know, the fence is at my back and about 15, 20 yards in front of me, it's just a thick line of hedge trees um there's a little mini it's i wouldn't even really call it a creek it's just a a big ditch i would say (coughs) and you can tell there's signs um you know matted down trails it's just it looks like there's a lot of activity going on right here Mm -hmm. so i set up a camera set up my blind and i back out it's probably first weekend of october maybe and i go back I give it, like I said, probably a week or two. I go back in and um, hunted it a couple times. Didn't see too much, just some does. And checked the cameras. I got some pictures of another buck that I didn't have any pictures of on the north end. So I'm like, well, this is you know kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, if I see, you know, I, pictures are kind of deceiving, but he's he looks like a decent four and a half year old. And Halloween comes along, <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but Halloween's probably one of my favorite times to hunt. It used to be for me. Yeah. Now I never get to hunt on Halloween, uh, so. Yeah. You go hunt candy instead? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Halloween, actually, I don't know if you guys remember, but Halloween in 2019, um, there was snow on the ground. Yep. And I'm a big time... I love hunting snow out of a tree stand, and I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is. Just maybe the fact of arrowing a deer in the snow and watching it run off in the snow. It's just always been kind of like a dream of mine. So I had intentions of sitting in that ground blind because it was, I don't know, 13 degrees. It was cold. I said, you know, screw it. I'm going to go freeze my butt off in this tree stand. Ended up not seeing jack crap <laughs> and... Um, three days later, I go sit in my ground blind on the south side, and I swap uh, cards in that camera before I get in there, and I get down, I get settled in, you know, give it a couple minutes, nothing's really happening, so I pull out this, this card, and I'm looking at this pictures, and October 28th, nothing, you know, a couple <laughs> does, 29th. And on Halloween morning, this guy walked 
five yards in front of the blind I'm sitting in at the moment. And as I'm sitting there in this blind and I'm looking out front, like five yards in front of me, I'm like, he was right, he there. Was right there. Like, I should have been here. I had plans to sit here. You know, I the <laughs> the Hoyt freaking was going to lay the smack down on him. And I, I said, and I was so mad that something talked me out of that. And I don't know, to this day, I don't know what it is. You know, maybe something would have happened and, you know, and I would have missed. How I would have missed at five, seven yards, I don't know. Yeah. But maybe something would have happened. Maybe he busted you and never come back. Never you know, come back, like that. yeah. Maybe. And so I, as I'm sitting there in that blind and, like, I, I don't even care about hunting anymore. I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking about how maybe I slipped, you know. This is the first time in two and a half years that this deer is daylighted right. that I have pictures of. And I'm getting him in November to where I didn't on the north side. If you know, I'm, I'm like, I am in his ground now, right. I, I feel. So after after I left that, I hunted freaking hard, man, from November 1st all the way up to rifle season. And Which just, is really what I'm assuming you wanted to get done. Exactly. Because Cause all of our listeners, along, yeah. yeah, all of our listeners know yeah. The Orange Army shows up in full force. Elmer Fudds. And we are we are no different in our little county than anywhere else in probably the state. It's, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, yeah, you. It's quite the scene when you're sitting out there on opening morning and it just sounds like, like you said, like a war. Doof, like a doof, doof. Civil yep. war going off. Just sounds like <laughs> a bunch of cannons just firing off everywhere. Yep. But no, um, no signs of him. And when I say I don't see him. My brothers also don't see it. You know, there's there's anywhere from two to three of us hunting out there. Mm-hmm. And nobody's nobody's seeing this A lot deer. of times on the same days, like you might be hunting north side, one of them's on the south. Exactly. Yeah, yep. so. Exactly. Yep. So if, you know, if he's walking on this property, more likely, more times than not, um, somebody is more likely going to see him. But, you know, that just wasn't the case. And so opening – opening weekend of rifle season I you know I'm like obviously I don't want to sit in my ground blind with seven yards in front of me to shoot with a rifle right so I go on the edge of the of the draw and that year they had um cut corn there was corn out there that year so I said I hung a stand I had just no particular spot. It was really the only tree that I could really put it in. And I saw, till this day, you know, I was, let's see, I'm 31 now. I would have been 30, 29 that year. Mm-hmm. The best day of hunting that I've ever had. Nice. I'm talking from sunrise till noon when I got down. It was just nonstop bucks chasing does. And I, I've, I've never experienced that. Makes for a fun day. A very fun day. And it makes it easy to sit there and freeze yeah. your butt off. But it was nuts, dude. It was, I mean, this one buck looked like it was on crack. Like, he was cornering a doe. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like a a rodeo clown with a bull. And I just, he, he wouldn't let her run. It was, it was nuts. So I sat down. Um, I sat there all morning. And every it's like a tradition. Mom always cooks a big breakfast. You know, we we all meet up there at some point, time another in the morning. And mm-hmm. 
I always enjoy it. It's one of my favorite days of the year. You know, just sit there with your brothers and eat mom's breakfast and, you know, talk about what you saw that morning and right. whatnot. And, but I didn't have time to talk that day. I was, I was like, man, that was, I saw so much action. I said, it's nuts. I said, I'm going to eat something real quick. Mama give you a hug and kiss, and I'm getting back out there. Right. So I wasn't gone, but maybe 45 minutes. And I get back in the stand, and it's the same. Just, I mean, it didn't take an hour of me being gone. There was an hour of nothing, and then all of a sudden it was just like round two. And I had new bucks, like the bucks that weren't there this morning, chasing does. And I'm just sitting there waiting, like you – you watch Please your you watch your hunting shows. Him. You watch your hunting shows. You know it. The beginning of the show always starts out with your two and a half year olds and your three and a half year olds walking out, and then it's all of a sudden it's here he comes. This is how it's supposed to go. It's, it's supposed to it's supposed graduate to, to the big one now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just anticipating. I'm just sitting there like, man, like I know he's in here. I know he's in here. And I'm just waiting. You know. Right. I'm thinking he's the only deer I haven't freaking seen this day. It and long story short, it got dark and he never showed. So, you know, I am, you know, I'm ecstatic to get back out there. You know, it didn't sleep much. I'm up at four, four, four thirty in the morning. You know, two hours before daylight, and I get out there and I get up in the stand. And from the time I got in the stand, I think I saw. Two squirrels, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I mean, that was it. I yeah. I think I may have seen two does, if I recall, but that was it. I didn't see a single buck, and it almost like crushed me. <laughs> I was like, man, I yesterday I, I laugh I, because I understand yeah, where y- you're coming from. Yesterday, I sat here for what felt like 13 hours and froze my butt off. I was just like. You know, 10.30 came along. I was like, I'm done. Right. You know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch the Chiefs game. Whatever. Actually, I don't think the Chiefs played that day. I think they may have played on Sunday night or Sunday night or Monday. But I had plans on just watching football that afternoon. Right. So I get down out of the stand, and where I park, I just walk straight east to, to to my truck. So when I get out of my truck, I just walk straight west down this little uh, crop field, and I walk into that draw right behind my stand. So there's no walking up and down mm-hmm. the crops fields. I just walk straight and uh, right to the back of the tree. <clears throat> I get down, and on the south side of this property, further south, there's another crop field, and it's it's got like seven terraces on it. So it's kind of, you know, if you can picture it, it's – the top of the field, and there's it's a cast, seven cascading down to yeah. you. Yeah. So I'm walking up from the bottom. I'm like, I'm going to go out here and just check out this field. You know, why I'm not seeing any deer in this field this morning when I saw deer all freaking day yesterday. You know, maybe something's going on over in this field. And I'm the only one hunting back here. Mm-hmm. So I sneak through the, this little draw real quiet. And I walk out, and I peek out in this field, and... There was like two two or three does down in the corner. That was it. So I'm like, I'm not even going to bother, waste my time. So I take off, and I'm walking down this fence line, 
looking for a spot to cross. And I get up to this little opening. The fence is down about, you know, two feet. Easy for me to cross. You know, I don't have to worry about ripping my britches or anything. Speak for yourself. So I <laughs> I still would have had to jump over it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hike my leg over this fence. And as soon as I turn around, I just happen to look down at the ground and I see these times sticking up out of the leaves. And I was like, surely not. And I, to this day, I still, I whipped out my phone before I even picked it up. For some reason, I had this weird feeling that it was his other side. So I whipped out my phone and I started videoing as I walked up. And when I grabbed it, I pulled, I grabbed on that middle tine. And when I yanked that shit out of the leaves, it was just like a, like a jolt to the heart. <laughs> like it was just, it, it excited me again. Yeah. You know, I, I no longer really wanted to go, you know, watch football. I wanted to come back. And, and, and even that <laughs> set's in good shape. I mean, for being a year old, they chewed up the G1 and the G3 a little bit, but. Yeah. The brow time got gnawed on and it's G3, but other than that, I mean, it's still it's hard solid. horn and yeah. it's. And I was like, oh, my God. So here I am. You know, I have a full set of this deer's horns that I've never seen on hoof, ever. So I run to my brother's house. I'm like, I need this other side of the shed. I said, I'm going to take it to a buddy of mine. And we're going to put the tape to him just, mm-hmm. just to see. And my buddy, he's a big-time deer hunter. And we start. he starts measuring this deer up, and I'm writing down the numbers. And, you know, he's like, God damn, dude. He's this. He's like, this isn't, this is what you see in like Iowa, like, you know, <laughs> massive wise. And I'm just sitting like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, I know. Like, you know, I don't claim to be, you know, a, a diehard deer hunter. I love to deer hunt. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, I don't put out food plots. You know, I don't own a bunch of machinery to do all that. I don't, it's not a full time job for me. It's a, it's a hobby. You know, yeah. I, I do it when I have free time. <clears throat> so it's, you know, I was putting this tape to him and we had, he's like, well, let me see a picture of him. So we show the pictures and just by judging, you know, how far he looks like he's outside of his ears. Right. right you like, can kind of set let's up. Let's just go with an 18 inch spread. 18 inch spread. We had the numbers up and he's 171. He's like one freaking 71, dude. He's like, you need to go shoot this Last deer. Last year. Last year. And I'm like, I haven't seen him, dude. I've <laughs> I've been hunting him hard as I possibly can, and I just I don't know where I I think I know where he's at, but I I just haven't seen him. Like I I don't have the opportunities. <clears throat> and I didn't even eat lunch. We sit there and talked about him and just looked at these horns till about one thirty, two o'clock. He's and you know he's like, all right, man. He's like, well, I think I'm about ready to go out. He's like, you need to go kill this deer. And I was like, actually, I think I'm just going to watch football, you know. And he's like, dude, you, you have a giant walking around out there. And I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, but I'm not going to see him. Yeah. You know, it's just you you don't think yeah. that it would happen. <clears throat> so I'm like, all right, you talk me into it. So I run home. I grab a quick bite to eat. I get my clothes on. And I drive back out there. I'm like, get up in the stand, and as I'm pulling my gun up, this is the Sunday of opening, 
weekend. I just find this. I just found this guy's shed. You know, the, that morning. I'm pulling my gun up, and as I turn around and look out in this field, there's this doe standing like a hundred yards out in front of me. Has no idea I'm there. Yeah, I saw a deer. I'm like, oh, holy, you know, I need to sit down. You know, they're mm-hmm. already out. And I, I'd say at this point it's probably three, three fifteen ish. She's out feeding for about twenty minutes in front of me, and um, she walks down into the timber about seventy five yards to my right, and just disappears. And it's pretty thick behind me. You know, I with my bow, I had probably three or four shooting lanes. You know, with a rifle, same, but they're very close. Mm-hmm. Forty five. You know, 50 would be probably the longest. And so after she walks in the timber, I'm just, you know, like anybody else would be, I'm just trying to be super quiet, just trying to hear, you know, is there anything in there? There's something else Is she the only one, you know, while I'm keeping an eye out in front? And I didn't even hear anything, but I just turned around and looked straight behind me, and she's walking between right, pretty much right in the middle of this draw, right along the creek. And I look back out into the field. I look back at her. And then I look back out in the field again. And then that second time, I turned to my right. And to my right, there was only a hole, maybe half the size of your basement down here, Mm -hmm. that you could only see. It was nothing but hedge trees and just those real, like, red thorn bushes. Mm Mm-hmm. And as soon as I looked over there, I just saw, like, the biggest set of horns that I'd ever laid my eyes on. I didn't even look at him through my scope. I just had that feeling. I'm like, he's a shooter. Like, plus it happened so quick. And I knew that he was in the only hole, the only spot that I could. The only chance you had. The only shot I had. Exactly. So I was going to act in and then, you know, maybe be surprised later. So after <laughs> after I turn around, I see him. I stand up, I turn, shoot him. He drops right in his tracks. So that's always <laughs> so of course, always a nice feeling. I'm, yeah. I, so I I don't know it's him at the time. I know I just shot my biggest buck. I know that for damn sure. But I don't know it's him. And I I kind of always, you know, just like probably you growing up, you always wanted to be a professional hunter. Like, I've always dreamed of, like, maybe having my own TV show or even being on a TV show and somebody filming you as you hunt, whatnot. So, I I sit down. Of course, I'm shaking like a freaking leaf now. And I'm making these stupid videos, you know, (laughs) sending them to my buddies. And, you know, like, hey, I think I just, I think I just shot my biggest buck ever, you know. And I know know he's dead. I'm sitting there staring at him. And from what I thought, it was roughly... I thought he was like 80 yards, but um, I later range find him, and it was like 65 yards. Would have been a stretch with a bow. I feel comfortable shooting a 65, but I haven't shot at a 180-inch deer at 65 yards. But I get down, and I'm walking over, and I get – Did part of you not want to get down? No. Like – no, every like ounce of ner- me wanted nervous. to get down. <laughs> every ounce of me wanted to get down because you know it. I, I could see him. I know he's dead. Right. But 
I, I also wanted to just sit there and just kind of soak in the moment too. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to look back and like, damn, I, you know, I should have, I should have did that or I should have sat there and enjoyed it a little longer. But no, I get down and I get within probably 25 feet of him and I could see his split brows. And that was when, that was when I about like threw up, mm-hmm. you know, I was, the amount of adrenaline excitement that ran through my body at that moment, it was, <clears throat> it was something I'd never experienced before. And I probably never will again. I don't know, but I put my hands on this deer and I'm like, for three years, I've wondered where, where have you been? You know, where have you been? Where did you go? Where'd you go? <laughs> you know, Cotton Eye Joe. But, and when I, I just sit there and I stared at him and it was, you know, we've never had a deer of this magnitude on our farm before. He's gorgeous. He'd been hanging out there his whole life, I think, but off and on. But it was, it's not, the excitement wasn't just, you know, that I killed him. It was the fact that I had, you know, I beat you. Like, I finally, finally won. I finally won. I I was one step ahead of you. And the crazy thing is, you know, I killed him. 30 minutes after walking into the stand yeah and he he walked up the same way i did you know right right behind my tree Mm -hmm. pretty much but yeah he was just staring out that field i think he was looking for that doe that had been behind him or something yeah so for the listener now they're gonna see a picture of this but i like to give the animal all the uh all the credit it deserves best we can so try to explain this deer to the listener so i should have brought his score paper so i could be 100 percent accurate here but his bases if you can imagine a beer can his bases are about a half inch shorter than a beer can um which is i think he's like seven and seven and an eighth Mm -hmm. down on his first base measurement and then he carries five and a half to right at five inches. He's got 29 and a half inch main beams, which is stupid. It's mm-hmm. that, that's it's long for Lafayette, you know. All the way up to about four inches of his main beam, he carries five inches of mass. Yeah, he keeps it throughout. Throughout on both sides. <clears throat> and my favorite thing about him is his brows. They're both split. The one on his left side, they're so they're roughly from, two inches longer. But from 2018 to 19, then he split on the left side. Then his uh, yeah, his left side was not split. Yeah, in and 18. then uh, he also added a he added a new a really cool point on the right side. Yeah, I guess you. Could, it's not as typical G2, but yeah, it's it's almost like he grew a new G2. Yeah. It's really cool to see. I mean, I don't think I've ever actually had a deer in front of me where I, I saw a full set of sheds the year before it died and then obviously yeah. the rack the year it died. It's really cool to see how, like, you know, on the the left side, that uh, that small G4-type point actually got smaller. It got smaller. The next year. Yep. He kept that crab claw-type point. It's not really just a, a G4-type point, but he kind of – Kept that almost the exact same, and then he grew this seven inch, six and a half, yeah. six and a half inch point just out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and split on the. I mean, it's really cool to see how he changed, and then he's got that 
that blade there on the the G three on the left too. Yep. So it's it's really cool how that I mean that yeah. happens like that. Yeah, I don't know if um, you know, with his brows maybe splitting, if that maybe have kind of stunned his growth on his tines. Maybe I don't know if somebody knows a little bit more about that than I do, but yeah, it's it. I would love to. I mean, we did we had a show on with Mark, um, not Mark Haslam, Lindsey Thomas Jr., who's with the Deer Association about antler growth, and we never really talked about, you know, maybe what changes them one year to the next but i i really think it's just sometimes you know one point takes the blood and yeah maybe the blood gets choked off to another one and it doesn't take as much of the blood and mm-hmm. who knows but you know it's crazy did you know that an antler grows from the tip down so like I when they're I growing out it, yeah i i never thought of it that way yeah but i didn't know that till i wouldn't say recently but yeah a couple years yeah. ago uh, but he told us that, and that was interesting. So, I mean, what – and he scored – what did you think he scored again? We uh, – I took him to the uh, um, the convention, uh, Overland Park. Oh, the uh, something expo. Expo, yeah, Deer yeah. Expo, I think that's what mm-hmm. they call it. Um, Boone and Crockett was up there. So, I wanted to get him officially scored, so I took him up there, and they – Gross, he was 181 and... That's all I need to hear. Seven eights. Nets are for fish. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what Andy says. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he netted, I think, 170, 177 or 175, yeah. around there. I, and yeah, like you said, I don't didn't, pay attention to that number. Didn't have a lot of deductions in, but yeah. Yeah. That's and What a gorgeous deer, and it's it's a really cool, you know, story just because you knew about him for, you know, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, the feeling you had when you picked up his sheds. And then what is cool is you picked up his second side the morning you killed him. The morning him. I killed him. The morning you know, I saw him. Couldn't have, couldn't have wrote that story any better, yeah. you know. And, uh, you yeah. know, so now you're always going to have those with him. Yeah, I'm glad uh, I am glad I was the last thing he ever saw. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Cause, for sure. Because uh, I'm glad I get to stare at him for the rest of my life, too. That's for danger. Yeah. But, well, we talked about you, you can just leave him here if you want. I mean, I got wall space for you. You can come visit him hey. whenever you feel like it. We can uh, we can talk rent prices, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. With that other shed too, I gotta listen to my brother in my ear. When am I getting my shed back? When am I getting my shed back? I said, "Man, you're gonna have to fight me for that shed." <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's awesome, man. So, I'll tell you what. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, I've I've known about this deer since you killed him because we <laughs> live in the same area and mm-hmm. we know each other. Um, not real well, but we know each other, and you know, I I'd known about him and. Saw that beast of a deer, and uh, ever since we started this podcast, kind of wanted to hear that story. So, yeah. c- kind of exciting for me to hear it. Uh, I knew a, a little bits and pieces, but I didn't know you picked up that shed that morning. You know that that sort of stuff's really cool yeah. to me. So and that's what a lot of people that you know I have told the story to. They're like, "Man, that's that's awesome! Like that's something you don't ever hear about." Mm-mm. You know, you're lucky enough to find the guy's shed anyway, but to do it. It, you know, I go back to when I said why I didn't sit in my blind that day, you know, something, you know, maybe it was because, you know, God wanted me to find that shed. Have that story happen And have that, that part of the story. Yeah. You know, I probably would have never found that shed if I would have sat in my blind that morning. Right. Because, I, I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have hunted back there anymore that year for one. And for two, I wouldn't have walked that route. And, yeah, I, I mean... Would I have loved to kill him with my bow? Absolutely. You know, he'd be 
definitely in the record books, you know. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, you know, he's on my wall and nobody else's. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Yep, he's yours and he's in your family for forever now. I mean, he's never going anywhere. So part of it. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. Uh, we I appreciate you telling the story. Yeah. Thanks for um, having me, man. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you got before we hop off? I don't think so. Well, Cotton Eye Joe, you're one badass deer, buddy. And congratulations to Tyler Jarvis on an awesome harvest back in 2019. Good luck this year. You too, man. Hopefully you uh, get another badass deer on the, on the ground and we'll do another story. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Tyler, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you to Tyler for coming on, uh, spending a late night with me. Um, got to get up early in the morning for work, and he spent his time out here. So we are, we really appreciate him coming out. Um, he came out later than originally planned because I decided to go hunting, and so he was nice enough to uh, be patient with me and let me go hunting. Didn't work out for me. Didn't see anything except for some freaking dogs. So that's how it is sometimes. Um Tyler did a great job explaining that that deer. We're going to release some photos of the deer with this episode. What an awesome deer. You know, most of us will never get the opportunity to see a deer like that. Um, Tyler had it uh, officially scored at, I think he said, 181 inches uh, gross, which is just a, a monster of a deer. He was gracious enough to bring it with him tonight, and I was able to check him out and hold his antlers in my hand. He brought the sheds as well, and just carried that the mass is what was impressive to me he carried that mass all the way from the bases all the way out to the end um didn't really lose it anywhere and just uh, a really cool deer and a, a really cool story and i'm i'm uh happy for him that he was able to to harvest him so anyways uh good luck to everybody out there hope this really gets the blood flowing um good luck to tyler for the rest of this year and uh, hope everybody is successful in whatever way they are deeming that to be successful this year season, whether it's getting some meat in the freezer, some does, maybe it's getting your first buck with a bow, maybe it's getting your first buck ever. Um, whatever your quest is this year, we hope you guys um, obtain it and are able to to make some memories, if nothing else. So... Good luck to everybody out there, and we'll talk to y'all later.